welcome to Tech Talks, the People and Planet podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by Barry Finette, the founder of digital health company ThinkMD. Barry, hi, how are you? Hi, hi Lee. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. I'm sure it's going to be um, a really interesting show. So, um, Barry, ThinkMD, as I said, is, is, a, is a digital health company uh, aimed at increasing access to healthcare for everyone worldwide. Um, could you expand on this for our listeners? You know, talk us through the problem that you're solving with the mission and perhaps the, the inspiration behind that as well. Uh, sure, it's a, it's a complicated question as you probably imagine, um, but uh, to put it into context, uh, the reason that I went ahead and started ThinkMD was the fact that if you look globally, uh, and as a pediatrician, this is a, an area that is obviously of concern to me. 99% of all children under the age of five die in low and middle income countries. Uh, if you look globally as well, over the last five to 10 years, there are a number of countries, both high income and low income countries, yeah. where, the, uh, <clears throat> where the life expectancy is dropping. Okay. Um, and if you look at, for let's say pediatrics as, as a specific bellwether, uh, of what's going on. Uh, there is a number of reasons why this is the case, why why these deaths are occurring. And if you look at the number of deaths that are occurring in, let's say, children, yeah. about 50% of them are purely preventable. Okay. Um, so what causes this? There are a couple of main reasons. The, the two big buckets are, one, the ability to assess children, whether they're sick or not, what the diseases or conditions may be, and how to develop the appropriate treatments for them. The second one is really, can you deliver on those services? You know, the primary delivery system. Um, and ThinkMD was developed to try to address the first one. And the reason the first one is such a challenge is because there's a growing shortage of healthcare professionals globally. And this is, a, this is actually not just a small problem, this is a major, major problem. So in many low and middle income countries, there may be one physician for every Two, three thousand to a hundred thousand people, and in those areas, they never a phys- those people never see a physician. So, how do you fix this problem? Like, how do you address? How, how does that how, how does that compare to somewhere like the U.S. then? That statistic. Right. So, if you go if you're in the U.S. or in the EU, you probably have one physician for let's say anywhere from three hundred people to yeah, like, okay. like seven hundred people. I mean, on average, it's hard for me to know every single country is a little bit different. Sure. Um, so, so it is. There's a dramatic difference, and I don't know what what you experience in England, or I can tell you in the U.S. Getting access to physicians is very hard here, right? It's so very difficult. So, so difficult. So it's hard for you, but you do have access to them. As opposed to in a low and middle income country, access is not even an option. Like you don't even have access to to physicians. Wow. And, or healthcare professionals who could really assess a patient accurately, um, determine what if they need help, what help they may need. The other issue we've got primary health care delivery systems, that's a, that's a very complex one. That's a government-wide issue. Like It, it is a government or, or a country uh, have the resources to build the infrastructure to deliver primary health care appropriately. But until you really, you need both systems. So if you have the ability to deliver health care appropriately, but don't have enough physicians or healthcare professionals to assess patients, it still won't work. I don't know if that makes sense. So that that's the question that we we it want. Does. 
So, so what's the solution then? How, what's the product that you've developed? Could you give us a, a kind of high level overview of, of the product and the technology behind it? Right. So in countries where there is a real paucity of physicians, they, they've, they've, they've attacked this problem by working out approaches to train or have people who are really unskilled, non-medical professionals go out into communities or go into clinics to assess patients with very minimal training. Okay. okay. And that is obviously challenging, right? I mean, it takes years and years of, of education and experience to become a doctor. So how do you train somebody who is minimally skilled, minimally trained, maybe has only a lower level of educational background? How do you get them to actually do accurate assessments? We wanted to address that problem. So what we did, we merged the, uh, the, 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 the explosion of digital tools like smartphones, right, and, and digital yeah. phones. Um, and merged, wanted to merge best practice medicine, put it onto a digital phone to allow the, uh, an end user who has limited or no experience to do physician-based evaluations of patients um, per se. So basically what we've done is transform how a doctor thinks and the skills that they have to do an exam onto a platform that allows anybody to walk through an evaluation and, and to evaluate a patient and to develop a recommendation on triaging and care plan develop and care plan. No. Okay, no. that's interesting. And so, okay, so so these people that don't have necessarily the experience, they walk through via the app and they diagnose someone. What happens then if they've still if there's still a complete um, misrepresentation of, of actual physicians that can treat these people? How do they actually get treated? Well, again, uh, countries have changed laws and put into programs to allow these minimally skilled workers to perform some basic treatments and to provide okay. and even to do some diagnostic tests. Wow. But there's been a real challenge because if you're a government organization that has these community healthcare workers, let's say in the, in, in the communities, you balance what you want them or allow them to do, obviously, based on their skill sets and capabilities. So um, the ability to put a technology in the hands of these workers that can increase the quality of the work they can do um, then allows the governments to make additional decisions of what they would uh, allow the, these communities to do and provide them the resources to do it. So that's really one of the goals. It's a balancing act that, that we're trying to help facilitate. Are you able to just give us some examples of the countries that you, you guys are dealing with there? So we work in a variety of different countries. We work in uh, West Africa and East Africa and in Kenya. Um, we work in, in Nigeria. We work in Zambia, uh, South Africa, um, Togo. We also work in South Asia and Bangladesh, Southeast Asia in Cambodia, wow. uh, as well as, as we've worked in Indonesia as well. And so we're, we're in over, we're about 11 countries right now where we work. Yeah, fantastic. Because you, you co-founded it back in 2014, I think. How's, how's the landscape of digital health changed over that time? Um, um, the landscape is completely changed, actually. So yeah, I can imagine. We, we were a, you know, we're a startup company. We wanted to build uh, a, a technology with a new way to develop clinical logic to assess patients um, that was being done. We used the machine learning approaches and techniques that allowed us to, to do that. So when we first started describing our technology and what it does, um, 
it was ridiculed. How do you use machine learning to do all this stuff? And how is that valid? Have you proven it? Um, in addition to the fact that you know, we're a software for a service for, as a basis for a company, we do charge for utilization of our technology, even though we have an open access policy, which means we we um, we make our technology af af uh, affordable to anybody in the world, but yeah. it's not open access free technology, which is yeah. kind of the gold standards in global health at the time. So we were the antithesis of both those <laughs> things. Mm -hmm. So now, um, as you may, and plus just the acceptance of digital tools for doing the type of things that, that we designed was not really received well. Like how do you replace a doctor with a digital tool? Can you replace a doctor with a digital tool? Is digital technology tools like we built uh, helpful? And now, you know, that is all switched. You know, the pandemic accelerated that, yes, obviously. Um, but the, the feeling is all as I switched. Uh, you go to a conference now, everybody knows, wants to know, well, if you're not doing generative AI technology, then it's not valuable, right? So it's- Absolutely. And, yeah. and you know, can you share any success stories of where this technology that you've developed has, has actually improved the lives of, of these people? Well, yeah, I can. Hopefully it's improving wherever we're working. That's the goal. We, we believe we can demonstrate impact of, of where we're doing it. I think uh, a really interesting use case, and I think one of our really biggest success stories is with a program in Zambia. Uh, it's with an NGO in Zambia that works with the Ministry of Health and Education there to actually train school teachers to be school health workers. Right. So to provide health services in a school to children age 5 to 15 or a little bit older. Um, that's a population that's really neglected in a sense. It's kind of falls between the cracks in the global health world. Um, and we started at a very small level there about just under two years ago where it was in a, the initial launch was in about 30 schools with about 30 to 40 school health workers. And now we're looking at well over 2000 school health workers and well over wow. 700 schools covering um, close to a million children in Zambia. So that's, I think, a real that's success. Good. Yeah, fantastic. Very perfect time. Um, so next question then, from talking to you guys previously, ThinkMD are, are looking to scale the team. Um, what would you say that, that makes you stand out amongst the crowd of, of digital health companies uh, as an employer of choice? Yeah, um, a couple of things. One is, we're not scaling just to scale. You know, there are companies yeah. that just want to scale as rapidly as possible. Um, we do want to scale, but we, we scale with purpose. So we yeah. really think every time we think about bringing on a person or a new skill set, we think very hard about it. We have we're very conscious of our funds, right? Mm -hmm. um, and we don't want to outscale our abilities to to deliver and and our yeah and our bank account, obviously. So uh, why, why is ThinkMD an interesting company to work for? One is I think our mission, okay? Everybody in our, com our company is, uh, in order to be successful in a company, you have to be mission driven. If you don't uh, express that within the company, you'll probably get feedback from everybody else in the company, right? So people yeah. really joined us because they've worked, many have worked in many other jobs. Uh, and they felt it was without purpose. Uh, we bring purpose to their job, I think, every day. If you like challenges, then we have them all the time. We have challenges every day. If you like solving problems, then we're also a great company to work for. Um, and if you want to be able to, to grow and to, to learn new skills and, 
and to work with a bunch of other people that are driven and mission driven, then you know I think those are things are, that would entice people to work for us. The mission one is such a huge thing, isn't it? You know, we we speak to to folks all the time about the mission, and it's it's so important when you're hiring, but equally as important to try and keep those people to stop them moving on. And we find that if people are bought in, they want to go on the journey with you. They'll stay for such a longer time, and you'll get much better um, reward from the candidate as well. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, I, um, you know. The benefits and compensa uh, compensation of a, of a position, I think, is always important. But I think it actually it's the intangibles that that actually make, I think, um, make people successful in their job and makes the company successful when you can provide that to your to your employees. I think that's that's super important. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. So lastly, then, um, what's next? What's next for ThinkMD? Anything exciting to share? Well, I mean, everything we do is a challenge. I think one thing, a couple of things that are really exciting for us is, is one is that we um, we entered a, a new agreement with with the organization called Save the Children, which many of your listeners may know is one of the yeah. largest leading organization for providing uh, services to children globally. They're in well over 120 countries, and we signed a unique uh, global licensing agreement with them, which. technology globally. So this is a new type of agreement. Uh, it's very unique. It hasn't been fully tested ever before. And uh, so we're excited to work with them. They are an amazing partner. Uh, we uh, are a company that we've been working with them for a number of years already. So and we re really respect we have very much aligned missions. So we're excited about that opportunity Fantastic. and think that could work to help scale our technology globally and eventually shift our technology, not from a save the children organization, but from a large, let's say, to a ministry of health. And that's that's one of our major goals. I think that's something that we're really going to be focused on. Other things that we're really focusing on is not just looking to scale our technology in the public sector, but in the private sector. Okay. So I think also a very viable uh, approach for us. Um, the real beauty of our technology, it can be used by a multitude of end users, uh, everything from a direct to consumer to a community health worker to a physician, school teacher, as I shared, to nurses and physicians. So our technology has, has, has applicability in many different markets even in the private market so we're looking at that as well and that's something that we have a lot of interesting new accounts with we have a global account with a new account with uh, the vf corporation which is have clinics in garment factories uh and, and we're doing that in cambodia and we're looking to hopefully expand with them so we have a lot of private sector opportunities i think are very exciting fantastic and when, when do you think that those opportunities will come to fruition from this year or we we hope they start having fruit sown uh, this year for sure we definitely do fantastic fantastic barry thank you so much for your time it's been really really interesting it's great to get your take on it and it's been great to get a a view of how you're helping people in different countries as well because we um we see a lot of companies come on they talk about the work that they're doing in the uk europe uh, the us even the Middle East, but less so in the developing in the developing countries. So thank you so much for that. Um, and guys, this has been the, the People and Planet podcast. If you'd enjoyed the, the content that Barry shared with us today, please give us a like, a share, a, a follow. Um, and this has been the Tech Network. Thanks a lot. Thank you.